Okay, uh, we played well Saturday night. Uh, both sides of the ball, uh, offense, defense, were were uh, very productive. Uh, special teams, not not much of a factor in the game, but but uh, like I said, we had outstanding uh, offensive production, over 500 yards of offense, uh, 40 plus points. Ran the ball effectively, threw the ball maybe as efficiently as I've ever seen uh, a Utah team throw the ball. Uh, defensively, played the run tough, generated a bunch of takeaways, and uh, we're, we're exceptional in the red zone uh, defensively. And a lot of those takeaways came in the red zone, which magnifies them. And so good stuff uh, Saturday night, came out uh, pretty healthy. Uh, we move on to Arizona now, uh, game 11. And uh, it's on the road, last Pac-12 road trip this year. Uh, they've got some weapons. Running back is a good player, J.J. Taylor. He's tough, uh, runs hard. Uh, quarterback, we all know about Khalil Tate. I know they're splitting some time recently but uh, at quarterback, but but uh, he's a talent. Um, defensively, you know, they, they haven't uh, been as productive, I'm sure, as they wanted defensively. They had the change in coordinator a couple weeks ago, which changed things somewhat. But uh, we got to be ready to play. I mean, there's you know it's a Pac-12 game, and every week if you're if you're not on your game and you're not ready to go, then bad things are going to happen. And so, need a good week of practice. Need to uh, handle our business just like we have been the last uh, several weeks, and have the right approach, and have the right attitude, the right mentality, and and uh, go down there and and try to play well. So questions. Kyle, what goes into the decision to, or like, what's the staffing like? What what happens that way into deciding on uh, starting a Heisman campaign for Tyler? Uh, that's really comes out of Paul's office, the SID office, and uh, it's uh, well, a combination of things. First of all, you got to play at a, a certain level, obviously, and and we I've said it uh, for a lot of weeks now that Tyler, in our opinion, and I think in the nation's opinion now, is an elite player, an elite quarterback, and. And uh, he's got a lot of those uh, quarterback awards that are the major ones still in play. You know, he's he's in the he's in the finals of just about every. You know, at least how far, at least as far as they pared it down to this point, he's still alive in, in a lot of those uh, in most all of those uh, categories. So, I think that's what boils down to is our SID department and what they want to you know when they want to kick off a campaign and when they think it's uh, viable and then. Also, like I said, uh, on a national scene, your quarterback being listed among those uh, final candidates. In year 15, is this the offense you've always wanted? <laughs> well, um, good question. I, I love what we're doing offensively, and, and uh, I think we had uh, very similar results last time Andy was here, you know, in our first four years. And so I think that. Uh, it is a great compliment to our defense. They play off each other, and uh, very pleased so far. You never make your final analysis uh, until after the season, until you have the whole body of work. But uh, so far, it's been pretty, pretty good. Kyle, what's making Tyler wow you on a week-to-week -week basis that maybe he wasn't the last uh, couple of years? His complete dedication and immersement. Is that a word? Immersement. Is that a word? Immersion, immersement. So Munt would not be okay. His complete immersion in the uh, details of what he's doing. He's uh, his preparation is outstanding, and uh, he prepares. We're in the game, pregame locker room, and he's still in his book, preparing right up before kickoff. You know, looking for that last little 
uh, advantage or, or thing that he can do to, to uh, help us play. Are you sure immersement's not a game? Look it up. Look it up. I might be right. DJ's looking puzzled. He's not sure either. Okay. We got two Provo High guys trying to figure this out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So two years ago, he was in that competition with Troy Williams. It's a little bit of controversial that he got the starting job. You could say two years ago, maybe it was baptism by immersion. I don't know. But either way. <laughs> Do you think that he had to go through those experiences to be what he is, the type of quarterback that he is today? Well, it's a process, and he certainly, uh, you know, when he when he won the job way back when, it seems like a long time ago now. Uh, you know, there was going to be, you know, growing pains anytime you're a new starting quarterback. I don't care what the situation is; there's going to be growing pains, and and so I guess the answer is yeah. I mean, there's a, a uh, just a period of. Uh, Adjustment and becoming, getting used to the the speed of the game and the and the uh, you know just the complexity of the college game because the college game is much more complex than the high school game and so it just takes time to uh, to feel comfortable in that situation and the game really starts to slow down for you as, you know when you start to gain experience things start to slow down and things become and that's not just unique to the quarterback position that's any position things happen pretty quickly when you're first experiencing. Uh, you know, Division One football, but then after you're, you get settled in, the game slows down. That's when you start to become really effective. You mentioned they changed defensive coordinators, and there were some changes, schemes, tendencies, personnel. Uh, just not not wholesale changes, but uh, and you know it's still early in the week. We're still computer reports and all that are still being generated, but but uh, just. Uh, you know, you can't make a wholesale change at that point in the season, but just changing the leadership and maybe a little bit of a, a philosophical change. Now, you've talked a lot about how, how fun this team is to coach, but when, you're, when they're on the sidelines, I mean, you know, you back up quarterbacks, whatever, they're, they're jumping up and down when a defensive guy does something. Like, what's, what's been so different about this team and how they, they've bought into this program? Well, we've had, you know, the culture here, I, we feel has been pretty good for for a lot of years, and, and last year's team was was similar to this year. Just seems like we've taken it up a notch this year, and and uh, you know we got what 120 guys in the roster, and as far as I can tell, every one of them is bought in to what we're doing, and every one of them is is all in is a term we use here quite a bit, and uh, everybody pulling in the same direction, and team you know great teammates. And that's something we preach a lot. You know don't don't. You know, the, the main concern you should have as a player in this program is to be a great teammate. Of your seniors on defense, and maybe you can include Jalen Johnson into this, how many NFL prospects do you think there are? Just with the seniors and Jalen? Yeah. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, about seven, seven, eight, somewhere in there, yeah. Which is, which is uh, great. I mean, that, that helps your defense coordinator out when you got that talent, for sure. Uh, you touched on this a little bit last year or last week about 04 and 08, and you're kind of getting into that national spotlight again. Does the noise get louder, and does it get harder to insulate yourself when we're talking Heisman Trophy candidates and uh, rankings and things like that at this point? Well, it certainly gets louder, and, and uh, there's more of it, but you just still got to take the same approach and have the same MO of just not listening and not paying attention to it and just keeping your vision and your focus with what – 
what the uh, immediate task at hand is. And, and uh, our guys to this point have done a great job of that. And, and uh, here we are, the last two games of the regular season. And, and uh, I don't, hopefully we don't uh, you know, deviate from that now at this point in time. You have like six guys already committed to the Senior Bowl. Uh, Terrell Burgess coming into the season maybe would be the one we wouldn't have thought about in that context. What has he done? to get himself to that level. He has been tremendous this year, and you're right. He was a little bit under the radar coming into the season uh, nationally. And uh, well, I shouldn't say nationally, even in the Pac-12. We have always known that he's an he's a outstanding player, and this was his opportunity to play full time. He was behind some pretty good safeties last year. And uh, he has played his way into an opportunity to play the next level just through hard work. Uh, he is an, he's a great athlete. You know, he's got speed. He's a 4-4-5 kid as far as 40. Uh, he's smart. He knows the defense inside and out. He's technically sound, fundamentally sound. And he played his way into the Senior Bowl. And my guess is he'll play his way into the NFL. Kyle, just to follow up on the anecdote of Tyler being at his locker room reading the book pregame, is that rare for, for players, in your opinion? Not Does complete. it depend? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I just it, does it depend on the position? Yeah, it's quarterback is is by far the most demanding position mentally on the, on the team, and and uh, I would say it's it's not highly common, but you will see uh, guys do that, particularly quarterbacks. That, you know, just continuing to look for that that last minute edge that they may get that uh, something may click when they're. You know, taking that last look, and we we talk about it as a program. The hay is never in the barn. That's that's another axiom that we that we uh, believe in. That uh, the preparation goes on all the way to the balls in the air on kickoff, and then you get into game mode. And we we saw Sione Lund on that three linebacker package. Mm -hmm. Is that just becoming another wrinkle for Morgan's defense? Because we kind of saw that pretty predominantly up at Washington. Well, you'll see that. Typically, when they go two or three tight ends, it's more a matchup thing than anything else. And uh, we saw a lot of two tight, and UCLA has some really good tight ends, and they, they use multiple tight ends quite a bit in that game. Uh, I think it was 25 snaps or thereabouts. And Sione Lund right now is the uh, the third backer when we go to the 4-3 scheme, which used to be our base and what we used to live in you know, 75% of the time is now, a, you know, typically in a given week, 15% of the time at best. But this past game, it was it was a little higher dose. And, and Sione Lund is a, just a sophomore and really has made a lot of progress as a linebacker. Uh, played tailback in high school. He played defense as well. But but uh, I think coming out of high school, a lot of people think thought that his uh, future was going to be on offense. But, but uh, we think he's going to be an outstanding linebacker. Coach uh, Brant Keithy has really become a weapon on this in this passing game. How has he helped stretch the defense? And can you just discuss his development? Yeah, he's uh, playing his best football without a doubt, and he's just a true sophomore. He's only been with us a little over a year, and he's a uh, as I've said before, a tough matchup for for defenses. He can. You know, he can't be covered by a linebacker, in our opinion, and, and safety matchup, you know, sometimes doesn't work either. But uh, he's an extremely smart kid. I keep using that term. You know, we're smart, intelligent guys on offense, and well, throughout the whole team, uh, for that matter. But but he understands how to uh, how to run routes. First of all, he understands defenses, and uh, he's a guy that has he's not the biggest guy for a tight end six two and about two and a quarter but he has tremendous quickness and speed uh, soft hands and just has a knack for finding open space coach outside of Britain cover you have yourself a pretty healthy football team is there anything you're doing differently this year than you have in the past not really differently we've uh, you know one thing 
is uh, I think if you looked at total time spent on the field in practice, it's probably a little less this year. And I know it was uh, less. There was less live work in uh, spring ball and two days. And that's when you know when you have a veteran team, that's uh, something you can do and you can get away with. I don't know if you can get away with that every year because it uh, depends on how many guys you need to develop. But when you got to get a bunch of guys that have a lot of experience, it's easier to do that. Kyle, how, uh, how can you compare Morgan Scali as a player and as a coach and the evolution? Is he as intense as he's always been? Every bit as intense. And very. there's a great deal of similarity between his play and how he coaches and his style. Uh, he's, he's passionate. He's intense. Uh, always thinking, he's smart. He was a he was one of those guys. Talk about the guys that would be in their book before the game. Morgan Scally was one of those guys. You know, when he was a player in his book in the locker room, and uh, he's the same way as a coach. We go to a, a team movie every Friday night. We take the team to the movies. Uh, Morgan's never in the movies, sitting in the lobby watching tape on his uh, computer, and so he's just a, a, a relentless preparer and outstanding teacher and really good schematically. He's got a great mind for it. He's got, he's got all, the, all the tools for, for uh, being a great defense coordinator. Can you argue that all the hype and all the attention now and the possibilities that exist at the end of the season actually is increasing the concentration and the focus and doesn't take away from the one game at a time? There, there is an argument for that, absolutely. And, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it almost becomes I don't want to say it's it's uh, it helps, but but as as we talk about it and as the players sense it and feel it and as, and as the coaches stress, block it out and focus. Yeah, I think it can. I think it can work in that way and in that fashion. You're in a situation where you you don't know if you have three games left or five games left in terms of a roster management with some potential red shirts. How what dilemma is that? And and there is are there any specific examples of guys that you might be activating at some point here. Yeah, it's tricky, and, and you're right. There is some variables there on how many games uh, you know that we do have left, and in and we have uh, you know the roster, the the redshirt roster that we look at every single week, and, and keeping track of who's played in what games. And there's there's about probably half a dozen players that are right there, either at the maximum or approaching the maximum, that we've got to determine are we going to put them over the threshold and just use the year. And so. Uh, That'll be determined in the next few weeks. Uh, you know, if guys can help us win, uh, you know, we don't want to. It's got to be. We don't want to totally put a player in a bad situation. But if he's willing and, and we can help, he can help us win. It's there's a, there's a, a conversation that takes place, and then we decide based on that. But yeah, there's a half a dozen guys or so that that are in that boat. People are shy today, I guess. Um, <laughs> How much success do you take in when coaches who have been on your staff go on and have head coaching success? Well, I take pride in that, absolutely. And, and guys that have been in our program and, and uh, have gone out and, and uh, flourished as a head coach, I think that's something that, that uh, is, uh, it's, you know, and a lot of the guys, and it depends, you know, for example, uh, you know, when, when Urban came in, you know, a lot of his stuff was, was uh, you know, uh, Lou Holtz and Earl Bruce and, and guys from his background that he just Im implemented. And I think, you know, a lot of our guys that leave here take a lot of what we're doing, the blueprint, and use it other places. And so I think it's, a, it's not only a, a sense of or a source of pride, but uh, maybe a, a little bit of a uh, 
what we're doing here is works. What did you say? What was that? Verification. Word? Verification. Is that a word? Yeah, verification. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Validation, veri verification. Yeah. The reason why I bring it up is one of your former D coordinators. It was announced today he got a contract extension through 2023. Oh, great. I, I didn't hear that. That's awesome. Obviously, you're talking about Kalani, and good for him. Close friend of mine and, and uh, well-deserved. So happy for Kalani. Urban's you've been praising Utah a lot in the national stage. Obviously, he's got that analyst role and, and can do that. I mean, how, ever since he visited the program this year, how, how much interaction have you had with him beyond maybe anything? Is it, has it grown? Is there anything that you've talked about that way? Or? Not really. We've had a friendship and a relationship for ever since he was here as the head coach, and that's been ongoing. We still text and talk. He texted me uh, just last week before the game. And... Uh, it's good to have him in our corner. I'll tell you that he's a, you know he's very influential and a smart guy and and uh, you know every every uh, everything helps. So. So when you went back and looked over the tape, I mean obviously the score, the stats are just all overwhelming. Do you see little things that you can still go fix that maybe the other team couldn't take advantage of for oh, whatever absolutely. reason, or still players making mistakes, or was it really just? An awesome performance. A lot of good stuff, but a lot of things to fix. And that's, you don't want to let victory or winning mask deficiencies because it can and so you've got to you've got to grade it and and, and critique it and dissect it uh, just like you would you, you don't really the winner the lo the winner or the, or the uh, loss doesn't matter when you're critiquing and grading the tape you've got to be objective and there is always things that get uncovered uh, in a win as well as a loss and the thing about winning is you can coach them harder because they're not as fragile you know when they, when you when you lose or have a couple losses you get a fragile team it's tough to really coach them hard and so some of your best coaching and your hardest coaching can take place after wins Kyle, you guys have had a lot of former players join the coaching staff. Is it hard to project any guys on this year's team that you could foresee in the future becoming assistants, coordinators, coaches down the line? Britt Covey comes to mind. He's a guy that wants to get you know go this direction as far as uh, thinking about becoming a coach and and the way his mind works and and uh, he's always coming to me pretty much every day with an idea or a play or a, you know something that that he wants to me to take a look at and so I would say he he stands out and there's probably half a dozen other guys that that uh, I can see going that route. Are they generally offensive ideas from Britain or uh, always always offensive ideas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or punt, or punt return ideas. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, before your mind switches quickly to the next opponent, are you able to enjoy winning, or do you even consciously tell yourself to enjoy winning? That's a good question, and and uh, you know, my mind, as soon as the gun goes off and the game's over, I'm starting to think about who's next, and I, I probably don't. I do myself a disservice by not enjoying uh, the victories as much as I should, but but I think that's how a lot of coaches are built. I mean, you're always on to the next thing, on to the next thing, and and uh, but I try, you know, really when the season's over, you can look back and reflect, and, and that's when you maybe will in you know appreciate a little bit more what's going on. You said after the game uh, that you're not into style points, or you're certainly not your style to run up a score, but do you right. think there is any value of impressing whoever it may be to be as impressive uh, as possible? In reality, as much as you hate to say it, there probably is. I mean, especially people that haven't seen your game, and all they do is look through and look at the score, and, and if you beat someone 35-10 as opposed to 56-10, that probably does sway them a little bit and have an impact. But uh, still, I don't believe in that. We don't believe in that. 
And uh, I think I mentioned after the game uh, on Saturday that we were a little bit more wide open for a longer period of time because of their ability to, to uh, make big plays. I mean, they're a big play team. And so, uh, and we'd seen that, I had seen that firsthand uh, a month ago when they played Washington State. So, so uh, yeah, I think to answer your question, yeah, I think there is uh, absolute truth to that. And, uh, and like I said, the circumstances are usually where they haven't had a chance to see our game. All they're doing is reading the score line, and, and uh, they put some stock into that. Kyle, do you have any special plans for November 21st? No, what's going on that day? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Let's end on that one. Okay.